So glad you could be a part of this podcast. Thank you for joining us. We talk about understanding the revelation this time up on your Rancher Radio. And I always like to say thank you for joining me on these podcasts as we seek to unravel some of the mystery and the mystique behind this great revelation we call the Urantia Book. And a reminder, you can always join us online. We stream Urantia Radio. We also have articles that we post up, resources, including uh, the mentioning of upcoming events, uh, sponsored in part by the various organizations that seek to disseminate the fifth epical revelation. And all of this can be found on our website, urantiaradio.net including these podcasts. So uh, check it out, and I invite you to share this podcast with your friends and family and those who you think might be interested in learning more about the Arantia Book Revelation. And so this now concludes our four-part series of the Arantia Book, Understanding the Arantia Revelation. In part one, we explored part one of the Arantia Book, the first section of the book having to do with God and the uh, central and seven super universes. In part two, we looked at the local universe, section two of the Arantia book, and attempted to unravel uh, some of the uh, some of the details of part two as it seeks to ex- uh, describe our own section of creation, if you will. And then in the last part, part three, we unraveled the history of the Arantia, uh, the planet Arantia. Uh, our world, and sort of gave you a summary thumbnail view of all of the different topics that are discussed in part three. And remember now, this is really just an introduction to people who are looking to someone who knows about the Arantia book and can give sort of an introduction to what is all contained in this revelation, because there's so much contained in it. And to the person who may not have been exposed or isn't familiar with the, uh, the depth and scope of the Arantia Revelation, well, that's what these podcasts are for, to sort of give you an introduction, and that way you can make an educated decision as to whether you want to pursue the study of this fifth epical revelation. So now we continue on to part four of the Arantia book, which is an entry point for many who first encounter the papers. Many Arantia book readers are, in fact, Christians themselves, or Catholics, Presbyterian. Meredith Sprunger was an early pioneer. He was also a minister of the United Church of Christ in Indiana, Fort Wayne, and also a teacher at, uh, I believe it was Indiana Institute of Technology. He was also a, a Christian who became convinced that because of Part Two, the life and teachings of Jesus, that the Arantia book was a revelation. He said it did deliver revelatory information about Jesus that simply, in his opinion, could not have been fabricated. What possibly could this esoteric book say about Jesus? Some people ask. A book that has dedicated the first two parts of itself to a kind of quasi-metaphysical explanation of the afterlife. And then goes on to spend a, a tremendous amount of time giving its narrative of all things regarding life on earth. Much of it we know from science, but much of it yet to be corroborated, especially regarding its teachings of the Nodites and the six colored races, the Andites, the Adamites, about a supposed prince named Caligastia who aligns himself with Lucifer. And the book explains, or at least attempts to explain, what could be anyone's best guess of what Adam and Eve supposedly did, who they were, and their impact on our life today. All of this is covered in part three. 
And then in its conclusion, it drops us at the doorstep of the life and teachings of Jesus himself in part four. So what could we possibly learn about Jesus that we don't already have in the Gospels, in the sacred word of God, the Holy Bible? Well, that's where we are with part four of this series, and this is where things get interesting. Because it is in part four, which gives credence to the previous parts of the book. Part four, The Life and Teachings of Jesus, concludes the story of the Arantia Papers. Part four introduces us to the Jesus that really lived, one that is consistent with theology, and at times somewhat verbally rich, but presenting a narrative that perfectly captures the true and everlasting spirit of Jesus our Lord, the Son of God and the Son of Man. Uh, there is simply no way you could read this narrative and not be moved by its rich and profound illustration of the life of this wonderful man. Many Christians tell us that the Arantia book is simply the best book ever written about the life of this one-time Galilean whose teachings live with us still today in the hearts of over a billion people. Through 700 pages, we are immersed into the life of this child of promise. There is no sense in attempting to capture the Revelation's prose, but I challenge any theologian to read these 76 papers, which carries us through the life and teachings of the Son of God who once lived and who now still lives in the hearts of so many men and women everywhere, so many who've been transformed by this Creator Son. Hundreds of thousands of people believe the Arantia book is a true revelation, not only of its own accord in presenting what it does in cosmology, but also in the expanded revelation it provides regarding the life and teachings of Jesus, the greatest man who ever lived and will ever live in our corner of creation. In the narrative, many myths are dispelled, but also many other miracles are explained, which makes sense and consistently carries an air of authenticity to its story, so much that you find yourself giving great pause and pondering its many truthful sayings. It really is like reading an authentic narrative of the life of Jesus. The Christian church would naturally be suspicious of any book that claims to be a revelation of Jesus' life, something that perhaps might even challenge the spiritual authority of Scripture as they would see it. But the Arantia book makes no claims to rise superior to the Bible. It makes no claims to try to replace the Old or the New Testament. The only assertion it makes is that it is a revelation whose sources are not mortal men and whose commission comes from Gabriel himself. The rest is up to us to authenticate. And for those who would not be comfortable accepting the Arantia book on merit, there are millions of other people who do and who absolutely love the Arantia book. It is exploding in places like South America, Central America, parts of Europe, Australia, elsewhere, in America. It's exploding in exhaustive fashion as it presents the life and teachings of Joshua ben Joseph as Jesus lived as a man among men and women in Jerusalem. We learn about his relationships in part four with his parents, his brothers and sisters. We learn the story of John the Baptist Plus, we walk with the apostles through the many great stories we are already somewhat familiar with because of Scripture. We learn about the characters in Jesus' life, many of whom we've not heard of before, like David Zebedee, the messenger, Rebecca, the first love of Jesus, Herod, Pontius Pilate, Rodan of Alexander, 
Aaron of John the Baptist, one of his disciples. And especially do we learn of Judas the betrayer. Also of Gonad and Ganid, the two Indians who travel with Jesus throughout the, the Mediterranean. Also we learn about the tens of thousands of people who came into the presence of the Master and had their lives changed. We also learn the resurrection on a new, never previously revealed presentation. Again, even a non-Christian would be hard-pressed to deny the rich and moving text of this 74-chapter retelling. Part 4, by the way, came suddenly. No one was prepared for it when the early Sadler group was receiving the papers. They were said to be the collective works of the Midwayers who had petitioned for Part 4 to be included in the Arantia Revelation. All of the preceding three parts were written in 1934. It's the fourth part that arrived in completion in 1935. And who are the Midwayers? Well, they're our cousins of the Spirit, the permanent citizens of this world. They were the ones who were here when Jesus walked the earth. We also learned the full extent and value of Jesus' incarnation and his resurrection. And it puts into perspective the immense importance of Jesus, not only on this world, but on the millions of other worlds who fall under the domain of the creator son of our universe. And we get an explanation of why our world, despite the tragic end to Jesus' life, the result of our own backwardness, is looked upon as a special sphere of importance, known forever as the world of the cross. And that is part four of the Arantia Revelation. And thus concludes this brief, albeit somewhat inadequate summary presentation, aptly titled, Understanding the Arantia Revelation, which was the goal of this four-part series, helping you gain a better understanding of the Arantia book. Much more information always can be found at Arantia.org. For questions about this program or suggestions on future episodes, please, I encourage you to reach out to us via email, Radio at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. does it say? Have you heard about What Does It Say? A new series coming to these Urantia Radio podcasts? In these ongoing series, we'll take a look at what the Urantia book says about certain things that drive human curiosity, including subjects like the mind, the soul, angels, spirits, ghosts, baptism, hell, damnation, original sin, and there's so much more. There's a lot of ground to cover, but this is a good way to address key issues in the Arantia book that may be interesting to you. Don't miss What Does It Say throughout these radio podcasts right here on Urantia Radio.